This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. So how do we win in life? How do we win in life? Well, I mean, if you had a game plan for how am I going to overcome in life, then you need to win in your thought life. You need to win up here if you want to win in your life. You need to overcome in your thoughts if you want to overcome in life. And I shared last week about this, that it is critical. If you are to be a powerful person, come on, say powerful person, then you need to win in your thoughts. What do I mean with that powerful person? A powerful person is not someone who dominates other people, but a powerful person is someone who is not a victim of other people's behavior. They're not a victim of circumstances. They're not a victim of what other people might do or say. But if you lose control in your thoughts, someone was ugly to you, and now, oh, you're so angry, and you've lost your joy, you've lost your peace, and then you're not powerful. So ultimately, if you win in your thoughts, you will win in life. If you are able to turn, especially if you're able to turn every negative into a positive, into a win, then you're going to win in life. You see, it's normally the negatives. The negatives that something bad happens and we lose our joy, we lose our peace, and we go down that spiral of negativity, as I shared about last week. So you don't want to go down the spiral of negativity. You want to go up the staircase of glory. I just made that up, but you want to go up the staircase of glory into the presence of God. So, so you need to decide which, which way is it going to be. And it depends upon your thoughts. Sometimes just one thing happens, it triggers you, and down that spiral you go. Okay, so I want to help you. This is really my desire to help you guys. This is why I'm so excited about this message series. Because if you embrace this, if you really embrace this, if you don't just, well, that was a nice message, and you go home, and you go on with life as normal, nothing's going to change. But if you say, man, I need to renew my mind. This is your mission. If you would accept it, I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to passionately, aggressively renew my mind. You need to, you need to, something needs to stir up on the inside of you. You say, I refuse to be ruled by negatives. I refuse to be ruled by circumstances. Come on, say, I refuse. So something on the inside of you needs to stir up where you say, man, I'm, 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 I'm not a victim. I'm no, no longer going to allow other things and other people to define who I am or how I feel on the inside. I am a powerful person. And as I shared last week, as a believer in Christ, you are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of another world, another realm where there is joy and peace 24-7 and all the resources you need to overcome in life. There is the kingdom of heaven and you are part of the kingdom of heaven. But the question is, have you descended to mediocrity to allow life to define you or are you ascending to the point, to the place where you know who you are in Christ? 
Okay, so, they, so, so it is the will of God for you to overcome, but you need to win it here. Okay, come on, say it. I'm going to win it. You're going to win it. You need to, but you, you need to renew your mind. Okay, so there's a bunch of reasons um, why you want to renew your mind. There's a bunch of reasons. Number one, if you want to win in life, renew your mind. Number two, if you want to be a powerful person, renew your mind. Number three, if you want to be confident in every circumstance, renew your mind. You will no longer be timid. You will no longer allow certain environments to steal your joy or peace because you've renewed your mind. You know who you are in Christ. Number four, you will be enabled to fulfill your destiny. Who wants to fulfill their destiny? Yes, obviously. But the challenging thing is here is it's not necessarily negatives. It's simply small-mindedness that will keep you from fulfilling your destiny. For so many people, it, 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 they don't even, they're not even aware. They wouldn't even say that they are negative or unbelieving. It's just they're so used to thinking small-mindedly. So in this week, we were chatting to a couple, and, the, and I was just amazed. They've been in church for a while, and, and this guy just said how he feels not good enough. He just doesn't feel good enough to pray for people. It just doesn't feel that he can go on a mission trip. He just doesn't feel equipped. And ultimately, it come, came down to his belief system. He just feels not, I, I can't do this. And there are so many of us that embrace those thoughts. I can't. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. So it might not be, I'm going to commit suicide, but it's just small-mindedness, unbelieving, doubting your ability in Christ, and the result is you're not going to step out. You're not going to go where you need to go. So I want to stir that in you. Ultimately, you don't know who you are, and you don't know what you are called to until you hear the voice of God reveal this to you from His Word, and the Lord speaks to you and shows you. Okay, but so the fourth reason you want to renew your mind is only way you're going to fulfill your destiny is if you discover healthy thinking. Okay, and then number five, a new beginning. When you renew your mind, then you are enabled to renew your life. So, you know, you might feel like you're in the middle of a lot of things, like you're in the middle of things at work, stress, anxious, maybe in the middle of things at home, pressure, maybe strained relationships, but it might be a whole lot of things influencing your life. And, and what normally happens, the more we are in something, in a circumstance, it becomes like up close and personal. Your problem is like, it's over here. It's all you're seeing. It's all you're seeing. I'm seeing my problems. I'm seeing my pressure. I'm feeling my stress. And it's, man, I don't know how to break out of this. I need a holiday. I need, a, I need to make, change my job or, you know, I need another spouse or, you know, some people think that, you know, you, you, you can think I want to get out of this. But the truth is, if you would have a change in perspective on your problem, you, it would be like a new beginning. 
If you have a change in your perspective on your problems or your strained relationships or your challenging work environment, it would be a, a, a change in perspective is as good as a holiday. Good as a holiday. And what if you and I could have a new beginning every day of our lives? Every day, fresh start, new perspective. Okay, so I want to help you this morning. I want to help you to step into a new beginning through the renewing of your mind. So at the beginning of this year, Sonic and I uh, were counseling a, a couple, married couple, and they've uh, given us permission to speak about this. So they were separated for, for, for months, and we were sitting with them, and I was just like, God Almighty, only a miracle is going to save this marriage. Only a miracle. They were so negative. They were so critical about one another. And it was just negatives, 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 problems, problems, problems. And they, they, they didn't even want to. Seems like it. At least the one didn't necessarily want to try anymore. So I was so praying and trusting that God would intervene. But as we were discussing and as we were talking through these things, I realized that the issues or the, it's not just like, let's think differently about this. They, they were underlying issues, underlying problems, deeper issues that were driving the negativity, that were driving the, the way they were thinking. I mean, they were even seeing counselors or psychologists, but these counselors were basically telling them, get out of the relationship. I, I couldn't believe it. You see, when I engage with people or do anything in life, I normally come from a position, from a context where God is almighty. <laughs> he can do anything. He can renew somebody's heart. He can restore a relationship. He can heal hearts and, and heal a marriage. That is the God we serve. And so they were, they were getting the wrong advice, and it was such a mission just to get them to want to fight for the relationship. But then we realized there are these underlying things. They were wounds. They were angry at one another for the offenses. They hurt one another. So that were one of the things driving them. Then there were some spiritual things that we needed to get to. They were also driving the thing, driving the negativity. There was a block between them. It was like a spiritual wall between them, keeping them from connecting. And so I realized, come on, let's, let's deal with the roots. Let's deal with the underlying things that are driving you. Let's deal with that. And so we prayed with them, and they forgave one another, and they repented, and they asked God to forgive them, and they asked one another to forgive them, and, 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 and we dealt with those roots. And then God showed up, restored the marriage. You wouldn't believe it's the same couple. Praise God. Let's give Jesus a hand for that. Amen. But we had to, we had to get to the underlying things. And that's what I want to touch on this morning. You know, so you, you might say, re renewing my mind is really difficult. And yes, it is difficult, especially when there are underlying issues out of order. If you want your mind to be renewed, you need to start with renewing of the heart. You need your heart to be renewed. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few tips. I'm going to give you some powerful tools so that you can renew your heart and then ultimately renew your mind. And also, I'm going to show you how you can get excited about negatives. Come on, say yay. 
Yay, come on. I'm going to help you to get super excited about negatives. You are going to be singing happy birthday to yourself all day long. Amen. So let me pray, and then I'm going to share. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word that's alive and powerful. Thank you, Lord, that this is the fight of our lives, the renewing of the heart and then of the mind. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and minister to our hearts right now. We silence and renounce and cancel anything that wants to keep your truth from impacting our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so the game plan for mind renewal. Number one. Only my wife that listens. (laughs) Check it. That's number one. You can put on the overview all four. There's four. It's check it, stop it, flip it, and strengthen it. If you missed last week, it's on YouTube and our Facebook page. You can check out the, 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 the message. Okay, so I, I laid a foundation about that. I'm going to take us a little bit deeper. I'm going to go through the same four things, the same four principles, like a game plan of renewing your mind, but we're going to take it just a step deeper. Okay, so principle number one. Check it. You need to think about your thoughts. If you don't do that, you're not going to win this. You need to become aware of your thoughts. Like an antivirus, you have to run through your brain. Like what is not of God? Where are the negatives? You need to find, find the negatives. Find the negatives. Find the stinking thinking. Find the wrong thinking. Find out where, where am I thinking incorrectly. Okay, so that's your starting point. Then... You need to take it a little bit deeper and ask yourself, what underlying forces are driving me? What motivates me? Why am I responding in this way in this situation? Is there maybe something that need to be dealt with? As I said, the heart is the source of our minds. I'm going to show you from the scriptures in a moment. But scientific studies have shown that our, our unconscious Thinking ultimately drives our conscious thinking massively. You think you're thinking, you're not. You're being influenced. If you hate somebody, you're being influenced. If there's unforgiveness, you're being influenced. If there's deep disappointment and hurts and wounds in your heart, you are being influenced. It literally changes your ability to see. Hatred is just like you despise somebody because of the underlying forces driving you. And so you want to get to the root. You want to deal with that underlying thing so that you can be set free. I don't know if you've experienced this, but often happens to me. I want to, I'm like, I'm in my say, quiet time and I, I have a list of declarations, things that I declare go through, I declare to lead my heart, to proclaim who I am in Christ, to declare who God is, that he's good and he's faithful and he's powerful. But at times it feels like it's just not working. It's like there's nothing getting into my mind. It feels like a block. And, and the reason is that I feel that block and that you might feel that block at times is because you need to address your internal connection. So you, you see, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to renew my mind and just cold and clinical, I renew my mind. No, you know, is my heart plugged into God, the source of life? If your heart is plugged in, then mind renewal is like, yes, it's amazing. 
You know, so I would, for instance, I would just start worshiping Jesus. I would just spend time in worship, and then I'd sense his presence a bit more, and I'd be in his presence, and then I'd do the same things, same declaration, same reading of the scripture, and suddenly my brain becomes like a sponge. It just soaks in the truth because my spirit is connected to God. You see, what happens is when you worship Jesus, when you, when you pray and you spend time with Him and your heart connects to Him, it's like the Spirit of God begins to flow through your brain and then all your 40 billion cells in your brain all start clapping hands and worshiping Jesus together. Like, yes, let's renew our minds. Everybody work together. Let's renew our minds. Okay? So you want, your, you want the Spirit of your mind to be renewed, because then you would have exponential in, an exponential rate of increase or increase in your mind renewal abilities. Okay, so you need to, what source are you plugging into? What are you, what, 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 are you accessing a polluted river of ungodliness, or are you accessing the river of life, which is God? Okay, look at this verse in Ephesians 4, 17. It speaks of this, speaks about the mind. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. So he's speaking about those who do not know Jesus, says they are hopelessly confused in their minds. Why? Because they're not plugged into Jesus. In the same way, it can be any one of us. If we disconnect from God, we find ourselves, what? Hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. Okay, no mind renewal happening, full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. They wander far from the life God gives. You seeing it? The source is God. They walk away from it. They disconnect. The result is darkened minds and no true life change. So, you know, when I meet some of my old school friends, 10 years later, 20 years later, you know, and uh, you would engage, then you realize they haven't changed at all. <laughs> Me, absolutely transformed. I'm a new person. Every few years, I'm a new person. My, wife's demand, my wife demands it. I need to be a new person. So every few years, I am a new person. But those who have not turned to Jesus, I turned to Christ at the age of 18, 19, and since then... Jesus has been working with me and changing me because I'm connected to the source of life and I'm enabled through the truth to have a renewed mindset. I'm being transformed. But when you meet people who have not surrendered to their lives to Jesus, guess what? Very little change. And even believers in Christ who just tend to stay disconnected. So get connected, okay? That's the starting point. Get connected. Let's get the source, the heart, the spirit of your mind renewed, and then you're going to see exponential growth. So Ephesians 4 verse, uh, that verse continues, verse 19. It says, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Okay, it speaks of impurity. So it's plugging into a polluted river. So you can't like say, man, I'm going to renew my mind, but you are just... Plugging into the wrong river the whole time. Not going to work. Okay, the, the good news. Verse 20. Next few verses there. It says, but you have not so learned Christ. It says, but you've, you've learned something better. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. This is the beauty 
of coming to Christ. It's like the moment you turn to Jesus, you are born again of the Spirit, and you begin to walk this journey with Jesus, then he says, hey, let me show you who you really are. Hey, let me teach you. Let me reveal to you who you are in me. You know, as years ago, um, I thought, you know, I'm the guy that prays behind the scenes. I'm not the evangelist. I don't, I'm not the guy leading people to Christ. And, you know, I'm not, that, that's not me because my past didn't reveal that. And then in 2013, just before we went to India, I had this beautiful encounter with God where, where, where Jesus spoke to my heart and said to me, Andre, you are an evangelist. And when you preach the gospel, lives are changed and the kingdom comes and miracles break out. And I was like, no way. How oh, awesome. That's a, a new thought. And since 2013, I have seen that play out as I have pursued that. But Jesus had to come and teach me. But we tend to allow our past to determine who we are. Let Jesus teach you. Let Jesus show you the way. Let Jesus come and reveal to you who you really are. But I love that verse. It says, if indeed if you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Truth. Truth sets you free. And then it says that you put off, verse 22, Concerning your former conduct, the old man, come on, say old man. Okay, old man, that's bad, okay, bad, which grows corrupt according to this deceitful lust. That's the old you. The old man is the old you, and the old you often wants to come back and get you back into some negative space. The old man only sees problems. The old man is always complaining. The old you just finds fault with everything. That's the old you. Okay, now the old, old you, Jesus has dealt with the old you, but you need to sometimes just uh, kick him out the door again. Say, hey, get out. You know, wrong thoughts. It's like a thief. It's illegal. It comes to steal for you. It's like a burglar that gets into your house, and you're not just going to say, hey, come on, burgle, come and take, yeah, take my TV, take my... No, 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 no. Out. Stop it. Out. Okay, so you need to be aware of your thoughts, and the old man thinking, uh, stinking thing, out. Go. And then it says, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There you have it. I believe that speaks of the heart. That speaks of what's below the surface. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And verse 24, that you put on the new man. Put on the new man. That was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So the true you is the new man. And you need to put on the new man. New man thinking. New man perspective. And the new man, hallelujah, sees possibilities in problems. The new man sees opportunities where there are negatives. The new man lives from above, not from beneath. The new man is full of faith. Always expecting God to move and to do something beautiful. The new man is never a victim of their circumstances. Amen. Because Jesus lives on the inside of you. Amen. He lives on the inside of you. Come on, say it. Jesus lives in me. That's a profound thought. Now, if Jesus lives in you, what could be possible? What could happen? If you would pray for somebody, if you would step out, incredible things can happen. Okay, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, speaks of the heart. It says, the human heart is the most 
deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So it says there, the human heart. Now, the good news is when you come to Jesus, your heart is renewed and you receive a new spirit and you become all new, new creation in Christ. Praise God. But your heart can still go back to its old ways. And you need to be aware, and it's really, really challenging to actually know what's happening in your heart. We battle to think about our thoughts, and we really struggle to become aware of what's happening beneath the surface. You're being driven by stuff, but you don't even know why. You're angry, but you don't even know why. There's something underneath the surface. Now, this is the good news. Verse 10, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. Good news. God knows what's in your heart. God knows what source you're tapping into, and he wants to come and help you to switch from the polluted river to the life-giving river so that you can have a renewed mind. Okay, so partner with God. Partner with him. Say, God, help me. I want to connect with you. I want my heart whole. I want to connect to the life-giving source. God, help me. So unfortunately, as I said, we're not very aware of ourselves. So earlier this year, I felt to start with this video channel, YouTube channel thing. And in that first season of part of the lockdown, you know, as everybody was at home and, 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 and now the test came that, you know, I, I just, it was like when I would see videos and all, all pastors were struggling. It was like, you would watch other guys' videos, and you see how many views they would get, and likes, and whatever, and then you check your own, and it's not as much, and you feel down. And when yours is going well, then you're like positive. You know, it was such a struggle for all, all church leaders. What a mission. And, but in that time, I was like, man, why am I upset, or why, am I, why, why do I lose my joy when, when, when I don't have many views, and why am I excited when I do have many views? And the Lord came, and he spoke to me, and said, Andre, you've allowed an idol into your life. You've allowed, you know, wanting to, to have the praise of man or pleasing people. You've allowed these things into your heart. And so that's the underlying thing. So I was trying to renew my mind, like, that's stupid. Let it go. Who cares? But I couldn't win the fight. I couldn't win the battle in my mind because there was an, an idol, something wrong lower down in my heart. And that's what's so challenging. I didn't even know about it until the Holy Spirit shone his light on my heart and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, hey, let's deal with that. Let freedom come into your heart. And it was beautiful. It was a tough few weeks. But as I prayed and as I gave it to the Lord, the Lord set me free in a beautiful way. It's one of the biggest tests of life. People. <laughs> what people think about us. It's, it influences basically all of us on one level or another. It can drive us. The fear of ma man can control us. The fear of man can keep us from obeying God. The fear of man can keep us from saying what we need to say or preaching what we need to preach. And so one needs to lay that down. What you fear is what you will serve. If you fear people, you're going to serve them in a, in, a, in a wrong way. If you fear God, in other words, you only care about what he thinks about you, man, you're going to do what you need to do. Again, it connects to your destiny. No one fulfills their destiny by pleasing people. They fulfill destiny by going against the grain, going against the stream, by stepping out and saying, man, I'm following Jesus, even if, 
Everybody else is going the other way. I'm going to follow Christ. And then you need to be free. Okay, so the underlying thing. So how important is the opinions of people in your life? Is it causing intimidation? Is it causing fear and anxiety? Is it messing up your, ultimately your thoughts? Okay, so you need to get, you need to, get to, the, to the source. Okay, so step number one is check it. Come on, say check it. Check it. You need to check your thoughts, and then you need to check your heart. Okay, that's number one. Number two is you need to stop it. So if you, you wrong thoughts going through your head, you need to say, hey, 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 stop it. Let's practice. Stop it. You need to say it. You need to proclaim it. You can't just think it. You need to say, hey, stop it. Stop those negative thoughts. Stop it. But when it comes to the wrong source or, or a heart being disconnected from God, you also need to stop it. But how? Do you have compulsive, obsessive thoughts that cause you to run away with you at times? Why? Let's say you're a mom and you're just always terrified about your kid's safety. Obviously, there's a balanced approach. You need to be focused on your kids and, and their safety. But there can be an op- extreme level of fear. Why? Maybe you need to lay down your kids unto God and say, God, you ultimately, you protect my children. I trust in you. I'm not God. <laughs> okay, so that's one of the keys. You need to realize, I'm not God. I can't do it. So you need to surrender. It's one of the keys of getting freedom in your thoughts. So this is the question you need to ask. Is there anything that competes with God being number one in your heart? Is there anything that is more important to you than loving Jesus? If there is something, it's called idolatry, and it means you're plugging into another source, and you're going to struggle. You're going to battle to renew your mind. That's why the Word of God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Why? Because it's good for you. (laughs) It's good for you. It's freedom when you love Jesus with everything within you. It's peace. It's joy. And you connect into the source of life. And you are free. Amen. And now here's the good news. There are three tools or three weapons that you can use to switch your heart from polluted rivers into connecting with the living God. Three ways, three tools that God has given us. Number one, repent. Number one, repent. Number two, forgive. Number three, surrender. Surrender. Those three things. If you're having compulsive negative thoughts in your life, it can, it's normally connected to some form of this that you need to address. Okay, so the first one, as I said, idolatry, something that's too important in your life and you need to shift from the polluted river to God, repent. Repentance normally, how do we feel about repentance? Oh, I need to repent again. Terrible. No. Repentance is switching from the polluted river to the life-giving river. From the polluted river to the life-giving river. Repentance is having a change of heart that leads to a change of mind. So if I realize, man, I'm loving my sport too much, or I'm loving this thing too much, it's, I'm obsessive about it, it is consuming my life, or it's just too important what people think about me, then I need to lay it out. Say, Lord, forgive me. 
I'm going to downgrade that and I'm going to upgrade my passion for you because I want to be free. So you repent, you switch from polluted river to the river of life, which is awesome. Come on, say it, I'm going to switch. Say it, repent. Repent. Yeah, let's get excited about repentance. Yes, I'm repenting. I'm switching from negative to positive. I'm switching from polluted to life-giving. So exciting. Come on, let's do it. Secondly, offense. Someone hurt you, disappointed you, wounded you in your soul and spirit, and your thoughts continually go to them. You're like angry. You're having a fight with them in your thoughts. I'm like, you are angry. You live it. When you think about that person, you're just thinking negatives. You're having those internal battles, fights in your head, and it's actually strengthening these negative cycles. It's called offense. You are disappointed, and you could even be wounded in your spirit, and you need to unravel that. How do you do it? Forgive. Say, I'm letting it go. You see, unforgiveness is an open door to evil, to darkness in your life. Again, tapping into the wrong source. So what do you need to do? Forgive, and then your perception will change about that situation. Okay, so forgiveness closes the door to evil. Third one, you're carrying heavy burdens. You are carrying burdens at work. You're carrying burdens at home. You're carrying a lot of heavy things on your heart, and it's weighing you down, and it's causing anxiety. It's causing stress. How do you deal with that? How do you address that? Surrender. Hand the burden over to Jesus. You weren't made to be God. Did you know that? One of the most profound revelations a human being can get in their life is that I am not God. It's a very good place. Some people are very confused about that. (laughs) So let's say, I am not God. Don't try and play God. Don't try and be God. Allow God to be God. Surrender. Come on, say it. I'm going to surrender. Surrender. You have to lay down. You have to bow the knee. You have to bow the knee. You have to bow the knee. Say, Jesus, come and take up your place in my heart. I'm not going to be God. You are God. Be God. But I'm not going to be God. Amen. Come on, that's a good word. Three powerful weapons. Surrender, forgiveness, repentance. And as I said, said with a couple that we spent time with, those were the keys to help them break out of that destructive cycle. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man is being renewed day by day. That speaks of a new beginning every day. If you would forgive, if you would repent, if you would surrender daily, it's a new beginning every day. It's a new beginning every day. Come on, say it. I'm going to have a new beginning. Yeah, come on. A new beginning. So principle number three, flip it. One of the keys, now if you want to get to mind renewal, is you need to get excited about negatives. You need to get excited about negatives. Flip it. Normally negatives are like, oh, no, this is terrible. Oh, this is the weakest Gone, it's going to be a month of hell, it's game over, it's going to be depression, it's going to be, be anxiety, because one person said one silly thing, and now you're going, going down that spiral. No, you need to flip it, you need to get excited about negatives, you need to look for negatives, like, yes, where's the negative? 
Yes, I'm looking for it, I'm looking for it, I'm looking for it. Where is the negative? Find it. Find it and then flip it. How do you flip it? As I said last week, you need to look for opportunities and possibilities. What opportunities are in this negative? What possibilities are in this negative? But I want to take it one step further today. How do we flip it? Starting point, Jesus needs to be your passion. If you say, I want to know God. If you say, man, I want more of God. My passion in life is to know God. Then you are empowered to flip every negative into a positive. And this is how you do it. This declaration. I'm excited about this negative because this is where God is going to show up. Come on, work, 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 work with me. Say it. This is where God's going to show up. Okay, I'll explain now in a moment. First, this verse, John 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you, that's Jesus, that in me you may have peace. He didn't say that in me you may have peace unless someone is ugly with you. In me you may have peace. In the world you will have negatives. Jesus guarantees it. You will have tribulation. You will have negatives. But be of good cheer. Yes. I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, I have already overcome every negative in your life. I have already made provision for whatever you're facing. I have overcome the world. It's done. Praise God. Okay, so now what? How do you get excited about the negative? Let's say end of the month, you make it through the month, you check all your finances, you realize, oh, I am 5,000 rand under budget. And there's a deficit. Maybe your businessman, you say, man, we're 50K under or 120K under. And you're looking at the deficit. What would that negative normally do to you? Anxious. Spiral into negativity. Oh, what if it gets worse? What if next month is the same? What if, what if, what if? And the negative starts running over you like you through your mind over and over again. It starts to rule your life because there's a deficit. There's a negative, and all you can see is, man, this is such a mess. What if that deficit is where God's going to show up? What if you take that same negative that normally would lead to fear and to worry and to stress, and you take the same negative and you flip it and you say, oh, that's where God's going to show up. Hallelujah. This is so powerful. If you click it, if it clicks on the inside, I've been doing this for a few, over the last few weeks and I'm just so psyched. Every deficit, I'm looking for deficits the whole time. I'm looking for lack. I'm looking for something that's, that's not good enough. I'm looking for that negative. Because, and then I say, well, that's where God is going to show up. And he's my ultimate passion. I want more of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's say that together. That, that is where God is going to show up. That's where God's going to show up. That's where God's going to show up. Get excited about the negative. Maybe you made a mistake. And normally you'd like whoop yourself like you pathetic human being made a mistake. What if you could get excited about your mistake? You're like, oh, this is an opportunity for Jesus to show up. (laughs) That's where God is going to show up. Flip 
it. Turn it around. You see, that is new man thinking. Jesus was beaten up for you so that you don't need to beat yourself up. He was whipped. He was crucified. He became a mess so that you can be blessed and whole. You see, God is drawn to the negatives. He is drawn to the deficits. He is drawn to where it's a mess. He's drawn to darkness. He's drawn to sin. He's drawn to failure. He's drawn to the down and outs. He's drawn to the underdog. He is drawn to the insufficiency. He is drawn to the deficit. That's why Jesus came to earth. Why? Because you and I, mankind, we were a mess. And God's like, I need to go and help. (laughs) We were a mess. We were in darkness. We were full of sin. We were hopeless. And God's like, then, well, that's where I'm going to show up. Flip it. Turn the negative into a positive. God is drawn to the underdog. God is drawn to the orphan. You know the orphan? An orphan has a deficit. God is saying, I'm the defender of the orphan. Widow, well, there's a deficit. God is saying, I'm the defender of widows. God loves the underdog. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you guys are saying amen. (laughs) Flip it. Come on, say flip it. Turn the negative. Get excited about the negative because that is where God is going to show up. I refuse to allow negatives to define me. And I believe you also don't want negatives to define you. Oh, what about envy? Another negative, envy. You, look, you compare your life with somebody else and you look at the, the deficit, how far you are falling short of what that person has. What would normally happen? You'd like, poor me. You fall into a hole and you fall into envy or jealousy and anger and frustration with God. And No, measure it. Wow. I'm so far short compared to that person. Well, that's where God's going to show up. Isn't that a beautiful way of looking at it? Flip it. Turn it around. Turn it around. Maybe you battle with depression, with sickness, with fear or lack. Or maybe this life just seems easier for other people. Well, that's where God's going to show up. That's where God's going to show up. And then the last principle, strengthen it. Strengthen the truth by celebrating weakness. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. It says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. I delight. Paul, did you fall on your head? What's wrong with you? (laughs) I delight. You see, he's, he's embraced the kingdom mindset. He's living from heaven to earth. And he knows his passion is, I want more of God. And he's discovered that God tends to show up in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I delight. Come on, say it. I delight. Delight in weakness. That's where God's going to show up. Delight in problems and persecutions and insults. Someone spoke badly of you. Hallelujah. God's going to so show up and heal me of that nonsense in Jesus' name. That's where God's going to show up. Come on, say it again. That's where God's going to show up. So don't just tolerate a negative. Irritate the hell out of the devil. 
and get excited about a negative. <laughs> eh? How would that be amazing if you and I would stop being like morbidly depressed when a negative enter our, our lives? And we're like, man, I am so stoked. The enemy wouldn't know what to do with you. Just can't steal the joy of these Christians. They just like, oh, they just so full of joy. Yes. So on a personal note, um, you know, Sonic and I, we've been trusting God for more than 10 years now for a second child. And so a few weeks ago, I was watching a, a man of God that I have a lot of respect for. And I saw, you know, he's got three children, now adult children, and they've got like 10 grandkids. And I was like, God, <laughs> I would like that. I would love that. I would love to have like to be many, 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 many grandchildren and more children. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, had to say, and I was struggling because I was like, I was almost like, God, 10 plus years. We haven't given up, but we're getting older. <laughs> Jesus. We believe in you. We trust in you. And I'm looking at that. I'm looking at someone else's life. And I want to be envious. I want to be jealous. And I want to almost be angry. And then I realized, well, that's where God's going to show up. That's where God's going to show up. Even if we don't have a second physical child, this is where God's going to show up. A beautiful legacy. A beautiful legacy. This is where God's going to show up. Ultimately, I want more of Him. My problem is His invitation. My challenge is a wide open door that says, God, show up here in Jesus' name. So, so what's killing you? <laughs> what's causing you to be negative or envious or angry or disappointed or upset or worked up about what, what is... Flip it. Flip it into something beautiful. That's where God is going to show up. That's where God's going to show up. Say it again. That's where God's going to show up. Come on. That's where God's going to show up. Last example. When we think about our country, I sometimes, I'm like worked up. And I think about the exchange rate, and I think about the Americans. I'm thinking, you guys have dollars. And we have the rent. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I want to go to Brazil. And you guys just quick jump from America to Brazil. And I want to travel to Brazil. Do you know how expensive it is to go to Brazil? And I'm just worked up even a little bit more. And then I think about our crime situation. And I get worked up more. I think in other countries, not as much crime. And then I want to go down that, that spiral of negativity. And then I wake up and I click, ha. Huh. But what if that is God's invitation to show up? What if the crime in our country is the biggest invitation that God has ever had to come, to show up? Instead of being morbidly depressed and negative and unbelieving and cursing and, and finding yourself in depression about all the negatives, what about seeing it as an, it's an invitation? I always think about Brazil. It's a country with more corruption than us, and their crime is worse. They are having one of the greatest revivals that the modern world has seen. Tens of millions of people are turning to Jesus because God is drawn to negatives. Man, I don't want to go to Europe. I want Jesus to show up here. 
This, our country is being set up for a beautiful revival. Amen. But it begins with you and me to not find ourselves in negative spirals of unbelief. Flip it. God, you're so going to show up. (laughs) That's where you're going to show up. In Jesus' name, get excited about all the negatives in our country. And then start seeing all the good. And you're going to love life. And you're going to love God. Amen. And you're going to see the kingdom of God come in you. So check it. Check your thoughts and check what's below the surface. Then stop it. Negative thoughts, unbelieving thoughts, and use your three weapons, forgiveness, repentance, and surrender to to switch your heart to the living God. Then flip it. Look for the negatives and rewire your thinking. When the negatives come, you start singing and dancing happy hallelujah. Praise God. God's so going to show up. Loving it. Bring it. And then strengthen it by staying focused on all the good God is doing. And set your heart on Him and make those declarations of truth until you start living it. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.